Enterprising in my surroundings, I'm finding the quietest estates these days. This representation of storm brewing amazed that the focus remains the vocal focal point of my team. Welcome to the Rambling Runner Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Chittam, and this is the podcast for all the dedicated amateur runners out there who are working hard to get better while balancing running with the rest of their lives. In today's show, we talk with Two women who are just killing it. So Mary Johnson created Lift Run Perform uh, several years ago, and her and her co-coach, Lauren Flores, who I actually chronicled several months ago here on the show, created the Breaking Sub 3 project. And I'm sorry, the project Breaking 3, I should say. <laughs> and basically, six months ago or so, they created this and started an application process and recently started working with a group of women in the effort to break three hours in the marathon. They identified the Indianapolis Monumental Marathon where they were going to do this. And it was just a huge success. And I couldn't wait to get them here on the show to talk about all aspects of this, not only taking a deep dive into the training itself, um, how they, you know, individualized it versus kept the group together. Uh, also what keeping a group together even means when none of these people even live near each other and they did it digitally. I just was so fascinated by all the aspects of this, not only because it was so successful, but as soon as they announced it, I was like, this is such a wonderful idea, and I can't wait to talk to these women once it all comes to fruition, and that is exactly what we did. So, without further ado, here is my conversation with Lauren Flores and Mary Johnson. Hello, Mary and Lauren, and welcome to the show, or I should say for Lauren, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having us, Matt. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Me too. My goodness. You two had just a fantastic weekend. You and your team, um, the Lift Run Perform, uh, what do we call it? The Sub 3 Project? Is that is that the official name of the, of the group? <laughs> it had a couple names. Project Breaking 3, LRP Sub 3. They all work. They all work. Well, you guys had a wonderful weekend out in Indianapolis at the Monumental Marathon. Your group did so, so well, and I can't wait to break down this, the full range of how it started up until this this weekend and when, how it worked out for you. Lauren, you kind of had double duty. You you not only were coaching and had your, your lift run perform responsibilities as a coach, but you also ran it, and you broke three as well. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, I think I decided after the fact I'm not ever going to do that again, though, because it was a little bit, a little bit overwhelming and kind of feel pulled in all directions, you know, wanting to be there for them and that kind of affecting being able to be a hundred percent perfectly prepared for my own race as well. So, but there is nothing like finishing a race and two minutes later having some of your athletes start rolling in behind you. So that was pretty special. Oh, I can imagine. And we'll focus mostly on your athletes in this show, but before we get there, were you more nervous about your own race or about the races for the people that you were helping? <laughs> I was definitely, I don't know if I was nervous for any of them. I knew that my athletes were really well prepared or our athletes were really well prepared, but I definitely was more excited to see how their races turned out. And I think every single time that I saw somebody I knew along the course, the only thing I asked them was, how are the girls doing? <laughs> <laughs> So, so you came in at 255, correct? It was 254. 254, okay. Yeah, something okay. like that. Which was a little bit ahead of some of your athletes, but in the same ballpark as a couple. So were you with any of them at any point? 
No, no, they, I think most of them ran a flawlessly paced negative split race. Um, I, on the other hand, went 121, 133. So I uh, <laughs> was in the pain cave a lot more than they were. That's for sure at the end. <laughs> so, so you were, you were of the, the do as I say, don't, don't do as I do coaching method. Right, right. Yep. Yeah. I, I, uh, practiced flying and dying, which is not very fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've been working hard. You're, you're coming back, um, you know, po- you know, after giving birth. And I know we've been you've been on the show before and we've talked at length about a lot of topics. So I would say if anyone is more interested in this, we could definitely, you know, to go back in the, in the archives to, for that episode. But what were you going to say, Mary? Yeah, she's not even giving herself credit because she was sick. She like came into this with bronchitis <laughs> <laughs> and it was like 20 degrees and like I knew when I saw her, I was like, I have a feeling that the cold is going to get to her lungs because she was coughing. So she's like, she's being very humble right now. And like, by the way, she'll probably not mention, but she ran, I think like a 119 half a couple of weeks before. So she's super fit, but she just was sick going into it. Lauren Flores sandbagging us. <laughs> <laughs> well, she's being modest. Yeah, well, and then this is the funny thing is I've been telling, I told Henry yesterday that I'm most sore, like in my abs. So I'm like, clearly I was coughing pretty hard if my abs are more sore than my legs. So yeah, I, it it was, it was rough from the breathing standpoint, especially with it being like, what was it, Mary? Like low twenties when it started when the race went off? Yeah. 20, 25. Oh my goodness. I can, I know exactly what you mean with the sore abs from bronchitis. I have that as well, but I have the lazy, the lazy man sore abs because I haven't been doing anything, <laughs> just coughing. So I'm like, yeah. oh my gosh, this is so embarrassing that my abs are sore. <laughs> it's bad. It's really bad. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So let's talk about the genesis of this project. So Mary, you, you are the, the, basically the founder of List Run Perform. This was kind of your baby from the start. So when did this idea uh, come to you in terms of not only did you want to work with athletes to break sub three, but kind of having this 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 team and special cohort that you wanted to completely centered on that goal? I mean, I think that, um, first of all, that running is such an individualized sport that it's easy to to just be alone all the time. And I think a lot of us, when we train are alone all the time. Um, I have some athletes that have people locally that they can run and train with, but it's definitely a rarity. So I think the, the idea of creating some sort of a team element was something I've been interested in for a while. Um, and then when it came to like how it was going to be, I guess, crafted, um, I don't, I really don't remember the first conversation Lauren and I had, but like this idea of a group of women doing the same goal. Um, and, and I, I kind of just zeroed in on sub three because I have had success coaching people in that zone before. Um, and I also have a lot of fun with it personally as a coach. And so like, you know, when coaches work with athletes and vice versa, it's about setting each other up for success. So like, I love working with the group that wants to break big goals, whether it is, you know, four hours or three 30 or three. And I do kind of have a sweet spot, I think for the three hour barrier. Um, so I, I don't know when Lauren and I touched base on this, like in most things that we had with this project, we've been on the same page about 
pretty much all of them. Um, but at some point we had a conversation. We were like, what if we did a training group around a bunch of women who wanted to have the same goal and we made it application only. So, um, originally we were hoping to do it in the spring and then it didn't, it didn't happen because Lauren had a baby. I was pregnant. There was too much going on. And then, um, finally, um, I, I was no longer in the first trimester of pregnancy. So I could like see clearly again. (laughs) Um, and, and Lauren had her baby and she was like out of the first few weeks of like the, the infancy woes. And we were like, if we want to do this for the fall, we have to get our shit together and just do it. And so we hopped on the phone. We, we just went through everything that we needed to have organized for, for the fall. And we just kind of launched it within like, it was very, very quickly. Um, and so it was application based. We got a few sponsors to give us some swag. Um, we, we talked to Indiana, uh, to, to Indy Monumental about doing the race there. Um, and it, it really lined itself up within like a week to two weeks. Um, and, and so the applications were only open for maybe two weeks at most. Um, and then by the time we launched it, we knew we really wanted to do a 20 week program, which meant we had even less time. Um, and the reasoning was because if any of the girls had done a spring marathon, we wanted to be able to reel them back and shut them down for a little while if they hadn't done that after their spring race. Um, and a few of the women we did have to do that with. Um, so instead of like a 16 week buildup or a 12 week buildup, we actually extended it into 20 because we knew we wanted to start from the very bottom and build everyone up. Um, so that meant we didn't have that much time. So we, Finally got our act together, talked about it, launched it back in the, I guess, summer, um, spring slash summer. And we, there we had it. Like we were off. (laughs) Man, the fact that you were able to put together within a week or two shows how much you two had been thinking about it. Cause it's really only possible as someone who's, you know, you know, created things on my own and you two are both doing amazing things as well. It's like, in order to move fast like that, you really have to have things kind of like all set up in your head. And then it's like the word go happens and you just attack it. So one of the things that I'm assuming that you had to think about, and specifically, Lauren, this is for you, is you've both coached people remotely and in person. So what was it like determining how you're going to do this um, with that thought in mind? You know, especially considering that both of you are you know, completely across the country from each other. <laughs> well, I think that... Um... So Mary and one of our other Lift Run Perform coaches, Rochelle, have some experience doing group training. Um, and the, with the those in the past, Mary, correct me if I'm wrong, but they didn't have like a common goal or common um, race that everybody was doing. It was kind of more generalized and um, they had a lot of success with it, though. The athletes that did it um, performed really well and had PRs and stuff. And so we kind of just tweaked that and said – how about we train a group of people to break three hours? And I don't remember whose idea it was, but we just agreed that it would be really special if we brought everybody to the same race, Um, excuse me, so that they could work together during the race and kind of pull each other along. And we also thought that since everybody was going for the same goal, it would be be really nice to have them line up in training um, to all be doing a race the same day. All right, so let's talk about the application process because I'm fascinated by this. You have a decision to make not only about which athletes to work with, but also how many to carry within the team. So what was that process like, Lauren? 
Yeah. So we decided that a group of about 10 to 12 women would be kind of in a sweet spot of actually maybe eight to 12, um, a sweet spot of not too big, not too small. Um, and so we got about, we got about, I think 25 applications. Is that right, Mary? Yeah. About 25. Yep. Um, and we kind of went through them and, you know, we had time requirements for shorter distances for people to apply, um, that we, that they had to have like had run recently. And then we asked about recent races, like what they had been doing in like the past two years, what their training had looked like. We asked some kind of essay type questions. Why do you want to break three hours? Have you tried to break three hours before? And I think the like, maybe the, even like the crucial question that we asked the applicants was what excites you about training for this goal within a group setting? Um, and going through those, those questions and people's responses to that, I think just helped us to pick out one people who we thought were physically able to break that three hour barrier, but people who would be good teammates for each other and root each other on. And that would be encouraged and motivated from being in a group setting together. So Mary, was there a particular, just, just as an example, was there a particular person who you read their application? You're like, yes, like obviously like they have to be at a certain physical perspective or physical level, but that their characteristics and the type of person they are was the exact kind of match for what you were looking for from like that, that exact question that Lauren just mentioned. I think probably, um, Amanda was like, so she sent me an email. I know Amanda from, um, Connecticut running circles and, um, I also, I met her back in the day, um, when we were both involved with Wazelle and, um, she sent me an email. Um, and I think, so her, her marathon was quite a bit slower from the, like, I guess the requirement or the, um, the standard. And then, um, but her half was like very, very impressive. Um, and, and I knew the race and I knew like, she, so she ran a, I think a 127, 128 on a very hilly course in the middle of the summer, which um, it's called the Fairfield half. And it's just one that like no one does because it's so miserable. <laughs> um, so Amanda ended up sending me an email and was like, look, I know I'm on the cusp, but I want to do this. Like it was a very like a very compelling email about just how she was ready and how she wants to do this as a team and with a group of other people. And it really made me be like, all right, she's. Like I've, I, I put a lot of faith in her, um, to be an, an essential part of the team. And I have to say, and I told her this in person, like she was a really great person to have on the team and everyone brought their own gift. Um, whether it was some seasoned marathoners or Amanda was one who would always bring up like funny stories about her long run. And then everyone else would chime in about how their workout went. Um, or Sarah Kittle is another person who, um, recently graduated from college. So she's got really amazing turnover, but she had never run a marathon before. Um, and then we had a few women who had attempted to break three, but had failed several times. So there was a really good mix of people who just had different experiences and, you know, everyone brought a little bit of something. Um, but really when Amanda sent me that email, I was like, all right, let's do it. And as it turns out, unfortunately, Amanda didn't have her best day. Um, and that said, like her tenacity to even finish. So she finished with a PR um, and she really like she gave it her all. And it's just, you know, 
I we we couldn't be prouder of, about all of them, and especially knowing that you're having a really tough day. She knew from the very beginning that she was having a tough day, um, and for her not to just drop out or stop or whatever, and she just kept going because at the end of the day, that's really like it was a team thing. She knew that when she finished, the team would be there, and um, like that's really impressive, and in, in my opinion. So, Mary, why was it important for you? For this to really to really cultivate a team atmosphere and culture within this group of individuals, as opposed to saying, hey, we're doing the same exact thing. We have the same exact goals, but you're just going to have one on one coaching. Like, why, why was this team aspect so critical to this endeavor? I mean, it's a huge it was a huge goal for all of these women. So most of them were looking at like a six to eight to even 15 minute PR potentially. Um, so like I think that being able to line up with people next to you that went through the same training that, you know, if if you ever had a little ounce of doubt that like, oh, my gosh, I'm not ready, that I don't feel good at mile three, that your teammate could be like, shut up, you're fine. Um, and I. I also have seen personally, I, before this, I helped three women break three and I honest to God think it's because their minds were made up and they, it was very mental. And I thought what better way to approach a huge goal like this than to have, to, to make up that mental decision among others. And like when it comes down to throw down, when it comes time to throw down in the race setting, you're doing it not alone. Like you've got a training partner, kind of like a virtual training partner to, to throw down with you. And, you know, you don't have to be talking to each other, but that energy is really just like, it's an electric feeling if you re- really can hit it off with a training partner. And, um, it's, if you, if you haven't ever experienced it, it's difficult to explain. Um, but being able to like click away next to someone else, um, in a race or workout is just a really like, it's an electric feeling. And, um, that's kind of like where, where we were going with this and it definitely worked, I think. <laughs> no, you're absolutely right. And I've had that exact same experience, both in a race and in practice, so what were you able to do? And Lauren, this is for you. What were you able to do from a digital and you know, virtual perspective to try to create that atmosphere where it didn't where it didn't exist in person? Well, this is the crazy thing because I mean we had so what we had was a Facebook group. And I think from the like at the beginning, the Facebook group was just kind of a way for us to easily get information about the workouts or a place where people ask us questions that was all kind of like consolidated it in one spot. Um, and honestly, like we didn't do a whole lot of stuff to like, to promote this team environment. I think that like the women themselves that were on the team deserve all the credit for that atmosphere that they built, whether it was the first, like the one of the first workouts we gave them, like we gave them eight times two minute hills and <laughs> them all being able to commiserate on it. Like they still remember that workout. <laughs> like after, after 20 weeks, they're like that, that was one of the worst ones. Um, or like somebody finally, you know, broaching the, the poop subject on the Facebook group or two women deciding on their own to, to meet up for a half marathon. Um, to do a workout together and meet each other in person before the full, like they just took advantage of that really, I think, small thing that we did by creating the Facebook group for them to connect. Um, They took charge of that and just ran with it and created this 
awesome community for themselves out of that. And is that what you were hoping for? Is that part of the reason why you had some of those questions on the application? Yeah, for sure. I think, like Mary said, it's there's nothing like working together for a common goal with teammates. Um, and when you are invested in somebody else, it's easier to pull them along or it's easier to get more out of yourself when you're doing it for more than just you, if you're doing it for your team and wanting to just have a good day for other people other than yourself. So I think we were hoping that that would help them throughout the race. But I think what what ended up coming out of the group was above and beyond, I think, even our wildest imaginations for, I mean, it was over the internet. Like, I think Mary and I have said to each other so many times, like, the internet is crazy. How, like, <laughs> these nine women who literally have met each other in person, like, once or twice are now bonded for life because they met each other through, like, a virtual training group for a marathon. And it's funny. I actually, um, I've, I met one of my best friends not obviously like this, um, but kind of. I met her on the starting line of a marathon. It was our first marathon back in 2010. Um, and we turned to each other at the starting line like, is this your first marathon? And we're like, yeah, let's run together. And we ended up running 21 miles of the Philadelphia Marathon in 2010 um, before breaking away from each other. And we are still – I was actually in her wedding last year. Um, and we're still friends to date. And so there's really something special about running long with someone, but like, especially in a marathon setting, like that's really, it's pretty cool to, to have that type of bond with somebody. Mm -hmm. Right. Now, Mary, one thing that you have been a huge proponent of, and you know, you, you walk the walk and talk the talk on this subject is, you know, lifting as a part is way of complementing and supplementing running. So I guess first things first, before we get into kind of what these runners did within their programs, was there a certain baseline of lifting or familiarity with weights in the application process? No. So the, my opinion on lifting and running is that runners just don't lift, period. So um, or just enough. Um, and so anything you do is going to help. Um, so from, from that regard, like, no, there wasn't any type of qualifications of like, how advanced are you with your lifting? The other thing is my, the lifting programs that I write are very, um, I, I think basic is a bad word because it kind of undermines like the intention, but like, it's a very basic program. And to be honest, lifting programs don't have to be fancy to be effective. So like, you know, when I say it's a basic lifting program, that's actually exactly what it needs to be. Um, so no, I don't like, and I never include Olympic lifts. I don't include things with a barbell because for the most part, runners, again, like I said, aren't doing enough. And so doing very essential movement patterns, squatting, hinging, pushing, pulling, carrying with, dum uh, with dumbbells and kettlebells, it's going to help you immensely. So no, there wasn't any type of, uh, pre-qualification for that. Um, but it was a, an aspect of their training. There was a periodized, you know, s cycle of lifts that we brought the girls through. Um, and it is, you know, it's difficult in any training to it's running training to include lifting because it's easy to prioritize the running. Um, and I think just being able to, to get in what you can is important. So like, if you just can get one, one day of lifting in, that's great. If you can get both days, cause typically the I give two day programs. That's even better, but it really wasn't something we harped on. Um, 
and if if somebody could do the lifting and like did all you know i think it ended up being like a eight six eighteen week lift program um then then great but it wasn't like if you didn't lift you were exiled from the program whatsoever so i'm as you mentioned like you did have a periodization to it so we don't need to go like week by week or however you know and get too in too into the details of the program but do you have a particular opinion on when within the week to do the lifting in relation to the key running workout days? Yeah, Lauren and I are on the same page with with this. Typically, like the same day as a tough workout day is when you would stack the lift and then you would want to do your your um, quality session first, your quality running session first. And then um, you can lift either – if you decide to do it immediately after the quality session, then – our word of advice is typically making sure you get a good snack in between, like a protein, carb, fat mix of like recovery fuel, um, just so you have enough calories um, and go right from the run into the lift. Or if you want to do it later on in the day, make sure you have at least like four to six hours to recover. Um, and then if you're completely dogged that day that you're doing your your quality session, then doing the lift the next day, um, you know, ideally in the morning would be pretty much what we recommend. Now, did you get anybody in the group giving you specific feedback on how the lifting was either helping them or anyone who decided that it just wasn't, you know, something that they could dedicate the time to, I guess, like either like a really positive or negative story regarding, you know, incorporating lifting for the first time within their running schedule? Not particularly. I know, um, I'm, I know Vicky is a member that really, I think she stuck with it pretty religiously because she incorporates a lot of um, strength training in her routine anyway. Um, so I, to be honest, didn't follow up with her to see like how she liked this program as opposed to past ones she's done. Um, but I, again, it wasn't like, it wasn't the priority of what we were doing. Um, the priority was, because on any given day, the truth is I'd rather have somebody sleep two extra hours than go lift. Like, I think the sleep is way more important for recovery than an injury prevention than, you know, sleeving away at the gym um, and potentially even getting injured because you you're going and fatigued and maybe not having great form and hurting yourself. So um, at the end of the day, like if the choice is between sleeping a little bit more um, and staying a little bit less stressed out and lifting, I'm going to say sleep. Um, but if you can do it all, which it's hard, then yeah, if you can sleep and lift and, and run, then that's great. And I think lift, I think Vicky, um, did that and, and, you know, she, she ran the run of her life. So it, something worked. Yeah. She crushed it. And I don't know who she was hugging. I, I, I know some of the members of your group, not all of them, but there's this great picture and you like uploaded it onto your website, like right away, mm -hmm. which is great. It's or she's Anne. hugging this other woman. Oh, okay. At the finish line, it's like this perfect photograph of like accomplishment and like just like ecstaticness. I don't even know the right, ad the right adjective, but like this unbelievable feeling of exultation, I guess. Yeah. We, there was a photographer at the finish line, not ours, um, but with the Indie Star. And it was really nice to have those images come out like the day of the race. So as Mary mentioned earlier, Lauren, you had runners coming into this group who were, you know, two, four, six, eight, even 10 minutes away from getting a sub three in their running past. And when you're when you think about putting programs together for a group like that, 
obviously they're very talented individuals and they have a lot of, like they're at a high fitness level already. What things did you try to focus on that would get them to the next level and to achieve this goal? Yeah. um, I think we focused on a lot of different things when we first formed the group, Mary and I sat down and kind of went through all of the women's history and kind of tried to identify, you know, whether or not they were a slow twitch runner or fast twitch runner or like what their strengths and weaknesses were. And we kind of put them into like lower mileage, but higher intensity group. And then like, oh, these women are like aerobic monsters. So we're going to need to work on their speed and they can like handle a lot of mileage. And we kind of like broke it down like that. So while throughout the 20 weeks, everybody's training was relatively similar and a lot of the times they did the same workouts um there were definitely tweaks and um ways that we kind of tailored each each woman's like uh training plan for them um and then other things that we made sure to kind of work on with the women was things like confidence and believing in themselves and having positive self-talk and stuff in workouts and that was kind of all just done through the Facebook group. And then we did bi-monthly video chats on Zoom where people were able to ask questions. And we talked about different topics, um, as Mary would call them, like the, did you call them Mary, the 1%, the 10%, the, oh, the, yeah. the extra, the extra, the little extras, like making sure you get your sleep and your, um, and we like, and getting things like blood work done to check their levels and making changes to their diet to, to help out in any ways that they might be deficient. So Pretty much it was, I mean, there's no no such thing as like a magic training plan or magic workout. So it was really just honing in on doing everything that they could um, and doing everything a little bit better. Yeah, we also, I mean, to, to like one of my friends asked the other day, um, was there any type of correlation? Because we had, we really, by the end of it, the workouts were all pretty much the same. Like Lauren said, we tweak things according to mileage. Um, but at the end of the day, somebody said, somebody asked me, did you like, was there a correlation about, you know, did the lower mileage women meet it or not break it or whatever? And I was like, no, actually, <laughs> um, one of the women that broke it, I think average or maybe peaked around 50 or 55 miles per week. And then another one peaked around 80, 82. So like it really was, the programs were individualized for sure. Um, and like Lauren said that especially very early on, we, we tweaked their, like the phases that they went through in terms of the speed building blocks. So like if some of them came in and they had a really hard time running in the six twenties and six thirties, we spent maybe four to five weeks really hammering down fast paces and they hated us for it. But like it made them better in the long run. Um, and then others who came in already being able to have that type of turnover didn't need as much time, but like they needed to be able to hold that pace longer. Um, so we spent a little bit more time in a, in a you know, with them with th- threshold mileage. Um, so we tweaked it early on and a lot of it did look similar by the end. And the other thing that we spent a lot of, a lot of time on was nutrition during the run. Um, and a couple of the women mentioned to me how that was just a huge game changer for them. Um, like they were eating the most they've ever eaten in a race before and feeling the best they'd ever felt. I mean, I think we mentioned before, I think almost all of them negative split it. Um, and you know, they, 
felt awesome. And like from a recovery standpoint, we haven't heard of anyone who's like, I mean, yeah, of course they all have post-marathon soreness, but like, I think being able to fuel during the run can help with that, the post-run recovery too. And that was a huge game changer for some of them. And can you think of anyone in the group, Mary, where obviously, you know, increasing your physical output and, you know, your, your fitness level is a, is a big part of it. But can you think of anyone in the group where maybe the mental challenge or mental hurdles were just as important, if not more important than what you were doing um, with the training plan and, and the, the physical nature of the training? A hundred percent. There were, I mean, we, we did obviously have, like we've been, been mentioning, we had the Facebook page, we had the, um, our live coaching calls too. But then we also had like the side chats with individuals about how things are going and feeling. Um, and there were a couple, you know, breakdowns throughout the cycle. Like almost all of them had a moment of like, help. <laughs> um, and, and we, you know, me, Lauren and the athlete would just kind of go through a few email back and forths about breaking down what was going on. Um, one of the women we asked her to, um, for an entire week, um, basically record her stress levels and then reflect back on the week and then see what type of changes she could make with her schedule, see if there were any patterns. Um, like this particular person was seeing a pattern in workout week, workout days. So like she would wake up with anxiety on the workout day. And then by the end of the week, she was like, you know what, I need to not do that. And I actually should just relax. And it, I, there was like a sudden shift for her where all of a sudden things seemed to start coming together. And I think being able to just relax and take a breath and just say, you know, the, the workout doesn't go perfectly. It's still okay. It doesn't mean I'm going to fail at everything. Um, so yeah, we had, I mean, the mental element is super important too. So we, we've had our, our own back and forth with almost all of the women about tackling whatever hurdles they were facing during the training cycle and moving past them. And Lauren, when you have a, an overt goal like this, it's literally in the, the title of the group. How was it trying to get the runners to, you know, not be too overly like um, fixated on that number as opposed to the process of improvement? Um, I think, I think what we, how we approached that was just not to, to harp on it too much. You know, we, we never really, really talked about it. And every coaching call that we had, we just encouraged them that they were all doing great, that what you have to focus on is like the here and now, like take it week by week. And like, you know, we would, we would reassure them like at this point, there's nobody that we're like, has no shot. And then like two weeks later at this point, everybody's still like, you guys are on track. Um, but not like harping on it too much and not <clears throat> if somebody, you know, came to us and as is really normal in the marathon training cycle, you go out, you do a long run workout, you run at quote unquote marathon pace and it feels hard and you only did eight miles of it. And so you talk to your coach and you're like, how am I going to do 26 miles at that pace? And just like in those moments, you know, as a coach, it's just really important to be the steady like voice of reason, right? Like, okay, you have like this many more weeks of training. The taper is magical and is going to make you feel so much better. And like, um, the weather's going to change. I think that is kind of what we ran into a lot towards the beginning of fall because it stayed hot in a lot of places where our athletes were for a very long time. And so, you know, as the marathon's inching for closer and 
the long runs still feel hard. Um, just reassuring people like it's going to feel so much different doing these workouts in 80 degrees with a high dew point than it's going to feel on. Well, I think we told them like when it's 40 on race day, then who knew it was going to be 25? <laughs> yeah, that was, I saw a lot of people. One, one of the runners that I've been following for my other podcast, Road to the Olympics Trials, Stephanie Flippin, was like darn near hypothermic in in that race. And she's a Colorado resident. Like just, I'm, I'm just saying that up just to, you know, to, I guess, emphasize the point of it. It was not a warm day. That's for sure. Yeah. One of our ladies did struggle a little bit with the cold. Um, she did break three, but she, she was like by the end of it, a little delirious. <laughs> All right. So let's talk race day strategy because I see a lot of pictures of the group of the women running together. Obviously that's not necessarily a plan for everybody necessarily, or if maybe it's something where, you know, within the, within the race, people have to figure out, you know, the best thing to do in the moment. So, Mary, if you could just talk to me about what the race plan was in terms of the group generally and how you segmented it specifically for each runner. Yeah, so um, in the week or two leading up to the race, Lauren and I hopped on the phone and talked through, like, what we wanted to message for the women. And one of the big themes that we really, we started voicing early on, probably midway to the, towards the end of the training was like, Hey, we would be bad coaches if we didn't face the fact that, um, if, if somebody's not having a magical day and 650, 645 feels difficult, it's okay to run a seven, 705 and still have, you know, still likely PR that's all right. Um, so that was something that we broached on, we broached very early on in terms of like headspace. Um, because yes, of course we all want to break three, but at the same time, we want the best race of your life. So that was a conversation we started very early. Um, and then as for the race itself, Lauren and I thought, all right, let's have them all start together. Um, Really, I didn't even – I mean, we we knew having a kit would be important, um, so everyone was wearing the same thing. But I think looking back now at the photos, it looks pretty cool. Um, and for them all to be wearing the same top and, you know, lining up next to each other. Um, so that was that was a cool part about it as well. And then we had each of the women with a buddy. Um, so we – Lauren and I kind of chatted about their training and we we lined people up with a person that we thought would complement the other. Um, and we said to them, you know, start as a team, start as a pack, but you have your one buddy and there was one group of three since we were an odd number. Um, but, you know, run with your buddy the whole time and just know that if your buddy is having a good or a bad day, you got to let her go. And that's kind of how we set them up. And then we gave them all a very similar rate. We gave them all the same race plan, plan essentially. Um, I don't think we really, ex I mean, yeah, the fact that they all ran the whole, for the most part, a lot of them ran the whole thing together was really cool to see. Um, and the plan was essentially to start, I think we broke it up into the first 10K, the next 10 miles, another 10K, and then finish. Um, and the idea was to, you know, hit the half probably around like one twenty nine thirty to one thirty thirty, and then um, really attack the second the second end. Um, and we were encouraging either an even split or a slight negative. And 
I think when I got notifications saying that they were hitting the half at like one twenty nine thirty three, I was like, oh my God, <laughs> they're doing it. <laughs> um, they literally like to a T followed what we, what we said and it paid off big time for sure. Oh my God. And I loved, I really loved the, the choice in color. I don't know how much of a, a role you played in that. I know Rabbit worked with you, um, with the kit, but the kind of like the, the bold red color, it like stands out. Like as much as you see those, those vapor ply, the vapor, the vapor flies, excuse me, standing out on people's feet when they're running with like the green or pink. Like I felt like the tops did the same thing and had the same effect. <laughs> Those were like the bane of my existence. <laughs> we, Lauren and I went, I feel like every other week, Lauren and I were texting about the tops and then <laughs> I had to like, um, yeah. So we, we ended up getting them because rabbit had, um, the inventory was challenging. Um, and for all like the best reasons, because the, the rabbit tops are like awesome. Um, and we ended up having to go to running warehouse for a couple of them. So they all matched. Um, but at the end of the day, it definitely like, I don't regret any of the time I spent trying to match up strap, strap tanks to the crop tops because it worked out. And so the truth is that color happened because it was the only one left. <laughs> oh, how funny. Oh my goodness. Well, Hey, sometimes, sometimes that's how it works. And it obviously worked out well. All right. So one last question, I'm going to ask it of both of you. Um, and whoever's ready to go first can just kind of chime in, but thinking more broadly than your group, um, what lessons do you think runners of different levels can take from the experience that you had here, whether it's physical, mental, and or emotional? Oh, gosh. Um, I think there's a lot um, to be learned just from or to be, take away from how, how important a team can be. Um, and you don't even necessarily have to be training for the same goal with your team. Um, but just to have a group of women or men and women that can support you and cheer you on in your goals and, you know, encourage you and be just a, a positive voice and influence in your, your running goals is just, um, can just totally change, you know, the outcome of your training cycle, knowing that there's people cheering you on, supporting you and who believe that you can do it, um, can really just impact your belief in yourself and, you know, belief is the foundation that everything gets built on top of. If, <clears throat> if you believe that you can do it, that's the first step. Mm. Yeah, I think it, Lauren hits it on the head. Like belief is the first thing. And um, I, I think also just putting your head down and grinding it out because like these women had a very grueling training cycle. And I think all of us, and anyone listening who's went, who's gone after a goal could say that your training, that you, your training is hard. Training's hard, period. And to be the ability to put your head down and just grind through it. Obviously, listen to your body when things aren't doing, when you're not feeling so well, being able to take a day off, things like that. That's important too. But I think like not complaining, putting in the work, especially in the summertime when it's like very difficult to keep the faith because your times aren't necessarily what is like indicative of your true fitness that is that's like a mind shift in and of itself like being able to take the times from a summer training cycle and saying you know it's it's working it's working and having faith in the long run is probably just the biggest thing you could do if you're training for anything any goal 
um, whether or not you have a team, but putting in the work and trusting that it's going to pay off when you tow a starting line is so crucial. Well, I can see why you two work so well as a team because those two points complemented each other perfectly. Have faith and then work your tail <laughs> off. I love it. Um, all right. I guess I, I said that was the last question, but I'm lying. Mary, is there any chance we're going to be seeing something like this again in the future? <laughs> For I hope so. Yeah. Um, Lauren and I are still talking about um, what it's going to look like. Um so there's nothing set in stone quite yet. I know Indy was, um, you know, very keen on potentially anniversarying this. Um, so the answer is yes, but not sure when and where. But it was it was honestly like above and beyond what we could have dreamed about. Um, and you know, as as a coach and as athletes, like there's always a little bit of hesitation of like, oh my gosh, what if this doesn't work? <laughs> um, and honestly, that's why it was important that Lauren and I did this together. Cause I definitely texted Lauren one or two times throughout the summer being like, what if this isn't going to happen? <laughs> um, and I think being able, like, not like I had a team too, you know what I mean? It wasn't just me coaching these people and like, it, it helps to have another person to bounce ideas off of as a coach. Um, and then, and, and, just kind of be like, all right, tell me if I'm crazy for thinking this this week or whatever. And that's kind of how Lauren and I programmed. Um, like we would text each other for the following week. We we had an overview of how the training was going to look like, but each week we would chat about the key workout of the week and what it was going to look like. Um, so being able to partner for that was was crucial. So in a long-winded answer, yes, we hope to do it again in the future, but TBD one. All right. So follow Lauren Flores, Mary Johnson, and Lift Run Perform to learn more in the not so distant, potentially not so distant future. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on the show. This was really a blast to speak with both of you. Thank you so much. Thanks for having us, Matt. Lauren and Mary, thank you so much for coming on the show. This was so informative and a lot of fun. Both of these women are doing amazing things, not only together, but separately as well. I would make sure I check them out as soon as you can, not only through Lift, Run, Perform, but also on their various Instagram handles and things like that. You can catch those in the show notes. With all that being said, thank you so much for listening, rating, reviewing, and sharing the show. The sharing is something that... I'll tell you, it really warms my heart when I see that people tag me on their Instagram stories or their posts or on Twitter as well. I'm rambling underscore runner on both, and I really, really appreciate it. Thank you so much for all the things that you do in your own running communities. Have a great day and happy running. This has been a production of Rambling Runner Podcast. This podcast is produced by David Margetti of InPost Media. Thank you to Meta P for the music. His song, Righteous Path, featuring Rex Mayhem and Chip Fu, is produced by Symphonic Bang. Yeah. Enterprising in my surroundings, I'm finding the quietest estates these days. This representation of storm brewing, amazed that the focus remains the vocal focal point of my change. I'm trying to show this industry.